1: With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing, and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Webcology here on the 27th of April, 2017. And uh, today's a special day. It's my little brother Matt's birthday. So Matt Hedger in Calgary. Happy birthday. If uh, Matt's not listening, but you're listening and you know Matt, grab him and give him the birthday bumps. <laughs> tell him I And tell him I sent you. <laughs> That's power. <laughs> this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. How you doing today, Dave? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am excellent today. Survived another week. Um... And uh, it's an interesting day today.
2: You know what? We we keep saying that, and it's it's like I'm surprised every week when I'm looking at like for our listeners who don't know, like we exchange stories that we each want to talk about just right before the show. And every week I end up, as I have today, with like I don't know two dozen tabs open. <laughs> I think of just like all the stuff that's happening. It is uh, it, it was a big week
1: again. Way more stories than we can than we can possibly get to. Um, it's hard to prioritize it, but yeah. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure listeners can sense we usually figure out what we're talking about about three minutes before going to air, <laughs> but that way we keep it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's let's dive right in. There's a gajillion things to talk about. I think the uh, the first one I want to talk about is the the one that you put up, the um, Google Assist SDK software development kit. Yeah, I'm like super excited about this. So we've been talking about uh, Google Assist, voice search, um, the, the the new waves of search that are that are coming in the uh, in the extremely near future. Yep, and uh, you can you can tell that uh, applications like Google Assistant or Google Home are here to stay because um, Google has produced a software SDK, a software development kit, to go along with them. Um. Over at the uh, developers.googleblog.com. Um, go look for it. Go look for it soon. It was uh, posted towards the end of April 2017. Um, what do you think, Jeff?
2: I, I I love it.
1: <laughs>
2: um, you know, I mean, uh, we can talk about the, the, the invasiveness of, of, you know, personal assistance and things like that. Like, I have a Google Home, you know, sitting right by me right now. Um, I've, I've got a headset on, so don't even try, Jim.
1: Uh, okay, so, Google.
2: Um, but the thing that I like about it, I, I, of course, and we talked about this a lot over the past couple weeks, is right now we're going to see that future we've been talking about. Like, this is what facilitates that. And this is getting the personal assistant, like we were talking a couple weeks ago about the ability, you know, you start a conversation with your Google Home device because I'm looking for a a pair of black shoes, right? Okay, cast it to my TV. Well, now I don't even need that Google Home, right? The personal assistant can now be built right into the TV, built into my monitor, built into really anything. Um, And all of them are requiring, as as part of the the sort of way this all works, is either an okay Google or a a button, like an actual hard button, um, to to turn, to to sort of activate it. So it has the same sort of inherent, I'm going to go quote-unquote here, security. (laughs) <laughs> Built into did, it. Did, oh, great! Uh,
1: did you just uh, say "Okay, Google" out loud in front of
2: your? Yeah, I, uh, I, I did. Yeah, now I'm having to walk away. I'd forgotten I'd been testing. <laughs> Usually, I keep the thing unplugged, but I'd actually been testing it right before our show because they've also launched some some new uh, new recipes. So I had to play with that. So yeah, I just activated it.
1: <laughs> okay, um, so if you were to if you had say you had your access to the software development kit right now. Yep. which would you do if you want to get around to it, what would you do with it? Well, I don't I mean, I'm
2: going to be the first to say I don't have the skill to do what I would want to do with it, but let's pretend I do. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's pretend I'm a developer at, at that level. Um you know, it would be if I was a company like LG, or if I was a you know a, a television, or or producing. You know, you want to make that spying microwaves, or you had to dig that in. You know, you could get that going on there. Uh, but it would probably be TVs if I was a TV or monitor manufacturer. Um, I would be one of the first people jumping on this right now, and I'm sure there's a lot of people with with different products that are thinking of a lot of stuff I'm just not thinking of that it could be used for, but that's first and foremost where I think the big power of it's going to be, especially if I'm Google, because that's where I can still sell and, and make purchases in a nice, easy way. Um and my ability to just talk to my TV, have it make suggestions, you know, or or you know a, a monitor on on you know my my wall of my kitchen or whatnot. Um, I, I think that's really where the the biggest leap is going to be, especially when it comes to Google's ability to sell advertising. So that's where they're I think mean, going to offer the most assistance and help people push and provide some new features um, to try and get people. Uh, you know manufacturers um, installing it on on equipment with a with a video display because I think that's where a lot of the, the conversions two two years from now maybe three are, are going to be. You
1: know I think uh, I agree with you I agree with you all the way up until your timeline and I think you're being extremely conservative in your timeline. <laughs> I think it's going to happen faster. And I say this I you know I follow just about every old school SEO on uh, on social media and, you know, either through Twitter or through uh, through Facebook I. Eh? And I can't remember if it was Bill Slosky, uh, Alan Blyweith, or David Harry, but someone in the last week, it might have been Tom Craver, someone in the last week uh, uh, noted that they're seeing um, keyword queries starting with OK Google. So that tells me things are moving faster than I perceive they're moving.
2: Yeah. You know what? And that's that's a really really good point. One of the things, and I, I it'll be interesting because it's going to depend on the pitch. But that makes this one, I think, a little more predictable in a, in a weird weird way. Is it's actually going to make require me to purchase a new television, for example, or or a new piece of hardware, so you can almost go more with the standard life cycle when a brand new version comes out, right? How long till people bought a Blu-ray when DVDs were coming out, right? Mm -hmm. We can sort of look at those timelines as, as how are people going to replace their hardware in in this case? But you're right. I mean, uh, you know, I'm nearing the end life cycle of of one of, you know, of my televisions. And, you know, I've slapped a Google, you know, Chromecast in the back. Do they just add a, a personal assistant to that Chromecast? And now I don't need a new TV. I just, to adapt my my current television to to accommodate it, it's going to be interesting. Really, really interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, the future the future is most interesting. Um, and you know, the, the 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 old saying, "Everything old is new again." Like you when 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 you were talking about the, uh, the the product cycle, and you know, when do you get the next iteration of your TV, the next uh, iteration of your toaster, or your fridge, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That makes good sense. Um, and it's unfortunately, it's not like these applications or these, these devices are currently um, connected to the internet, so it probably will be the new one, which will be connected to the internet, um, unless you you have know, already got something that's connected to the web. They can't just download it onto the device. Everything old is new again. Did you like uh, jumping stories here? Uh Jennifer over at the SEM Post is reporting that Google says, "Check this. Weirds me out. I can't believe it. Fifteen percent, or approximately one in eight searches, search queries that they hear every day, are still, are new to them. So it's been what, like twenty years now. Uh, 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 billions of search queries a day, typed by billions of users over twenty years." And 15% of the stuff that's going through Google's system, they've never encountered before.
2: Yeah, and I, you know what I think, Of course, I, I'm not surprised by that. And I'm sure you're not either because... I,
1: I am. I'm blown away by that. That blows my mind.
2: Um, okay, I guess the reason I'm not is it actually matches to me with what I thought and that's only because when RankBrain first came out, their announcement was it handles queries we haven't seen before and it's impacting about 15% of all queries, right? <laughs> so I'm like, eh. I mean, it is interesting as time goes on to see things, you know, remain consistent like that, right? I mean, obviously that, that part's interesting. But when I read the number, I'm like, oh, I guess, it's, I guess things aren't changing. Um, but you know what? You bring up actually something that would make me think it would be higher now um, if okay. anything, than maybe before. And that is, we were in that world when RankBrain launched at, you know, 15% or whatnot. And you bring up the interesting point of, yeah, but now we got a bunch of near-me's in there. <laughs> like, we've actually, we're adding in a whole bunch of, a different type of query. That's true, And, and yes. natural language queries, they're augmenting it. So it may be that, from, you know, when RankBrain was launching, we've shrunk it, but now we've added a whole bunch of query types because voice search is is so prominent right now.
1: Well, uh, that's so, true, and, and people do say the damnedest things, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, you know
2: what? I, 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 for as an example, you know, I've got my my Google Home device. I throw weird queries at it because I'm just speaking, and because I'm just testing the thing out and seeing what it can do. And I'm sure everybody does that. <laughs> just you get it, you plug it in, and you're like, "All right, let's see how I can break you, or let's see what stupid thing you say when I ask you this question." Um Perhaps, so, I mean, perhaps
1: we got to revisit this story in a
2: couple of months, eh? <laughs> yeah, after everybody's Google Home usage tones down, although estimates are it'll probably triple or quadruple this year, the number of those devices. So it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that works. Oh, I, I'm to just thinking
1: people people will stop uh, throwing weird search queries <laughs> at their devices and just start throwing weird objects at them. <laughs> Very true. Okay, uh, we got we got one more story, just a quickie, before we got to take our first break. Um, back in uh, 2012 I believe let me just confirm that yeah back in uh, 2008 my mistake a case Google AdWords litigation in the US District Court for Northern California mm-hmm. a case went in front of the District Court all about Google and the amount of money that advertisers had to pay them because their ads were showing up on parked domains and fake search engines. you remember? You remember how I think GoDaddy still does this. Um, uh, yeah. All the registrars used to. Uh, many of them don't anymore. But you know, they create parked domain or faux search engines uh, just to slap ads on them with yep. uh, with domains that are registered but not being used. Definitely. Yep. Well, when those ads, I mean, people people go to those pages and click on those ads. Now these are, I think, you know, safe to uh, to agree, and the court the courts agreed with the statement. These are low quality pages. Somebody who's drawn to that page is probably disappointed in the search in the search result they got, and not necessarily in the frame in the best frame of mind to become a customer of somebody who's paying for PPC advertising, mm-hmm. and probably wasn't even searching for, you know, like, why is my car ad sitting on this fake search engine page? It's not relevant. And so the court agreed that um, Google was entirely messing over the advertisers and uh, pushed Google towards a settlement of $22.5 million in in this, this class action, the thing is, a whole bunch of the advertisers have either gone out of business or completely forgotten they were part of the class action in the first place. And now many of them are being surprised with uh I mean $22.5 million doesn't really go far when you when the class um the class action you're 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 part of comprises 2.3 million people. So you know, a lot of them got uh, checks for like ten bucks from right. Google or from uh, from the lawyers, and they're not quite sure why. But Google's wrist did get slapped in this. You know, in case anybody was incensed about this practice, just so you know, something happened. <laughs> yeah, which is good,
2: circa two thousand eight. But you're right; it's going to be weird to see how this ends up all playing out. And who actually gets what by the end of it and whether it was even worth the time and effort.
1: Well, luckily, luckily when you're part of a class action, the only effort you really have to do is providing evidence to the lawyers who do all the rest. But yeah, I mean, like, the, you end up, in this case, the uh, the litigants would end up with, like, ten bucks. Yeah. Okay, speaking of ten bucks, it's time to help David make ten bucks. <laughs> Favorite game we play here on Webcology, twice a, twice a show, okay. Friends, we got to take a break here. Webology, the owner of the the owner of the network, you know, he did invest in all this for a reason, right?
2: <laughs> we, um, we we might be all right. Where shall we go?
1: I don't know. What do you think? Um, here's a weird one. I I don't know the cause of this. I've seen it myself. Um, do you have Do you have any clients using AMP? Yeah, Yep, I do. Go to Google Analytics. Take a look at um, traffic over the last week. You're going to see a massive drop off uh, starting sometime about two, two, three days ago. The question is why. Um, it uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not two or three days ago. Starting, starting like yesterday. And the question is why? Uh, massive, about half the traffic gone. It's happening across the board for a bunch of different uh, uh, webmasters. Hmm
2: that's interesting it's funny you know what and now i'm a bit distracted because i'm like okay this might actually apply <laughs> but, but it would have happened a little bit before this but we'll we'll we'll, well see okay now i'm gonna be so, all distracted during the commercial thanks
1: Jim. so, so you saw <laughs> a loss in traffic um a few days ago and uh you were wondering about it because there's no reason for it to have happened right correct you might not have actually lost traffic according to uh um well according to analysts we 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 know that google is trying to get rid of refer spam in uh in mm. in google in Analytics. Yeah. yeah we also know that refer spam uh is is uh often traffic that Uh, we also know that refer spam is, off, is traffic that often uh, doesn't get recorded as hitting the website. Um, the, the type of refer spam I'm talking about, you know, the Russian, um, the Russian yeah. election stuff, the uh, congratulate Trump stuff that was coming up in Google Analytics. Yep. Yeah. One of the weird things about that kind of spam is it doesn't actually hit your server. It's not counted as a visit to your site, but it is counted as traffic across your site but it doesn't actually hit your server. So AMP pages are actually sitting on Google's server, and they go through, um, the reference goes through your website, but it's served up off of one of Google's servers, and it's thought that in trying to clean up that weird, screwed-up traffic spam from, uh, that weird, I'm sorry, weird referrer spam that's being sent from the Ukraine or Russia or wherever the hell it's coming from, that Google has somehow screwed up and is now misreporting the actual traffic AMP pages are drawing. But mm-hmm. Long story short, don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is probably at Google. It's, it's almost certainly not at you or other publishers who are using AMP pages because everyone's got this problem. It's not just you. Right, and my, if everybody uh, has
2: the problem in a zero-sum world, which search is, yeah. <laughs> then then you know that yeah, you're right.
1: Uh, We're all probably even. Okay, <laughs> I just I just got a note from the studio. They want us to go an extra couple of minutes, so we got one more story coming up before the break. Uh, Dave's choice. <laughs> Wait, do you okay.
2: You know what? There's a, there's a neat one just came out uh, over on Search Engine Land from it uh, was reported on just a, a couple days ago. Uh, nice, quick, and easy story. But uh, the local search update, best filtering, the title is best filtering invading the local pack. Um, and this is changes to the actual SERP layout, slight, subtle. You might not have even noticed it if you weren't looking for it. Um, for best queries, like, you know, I can do it for best restaurant in Victoria, whatever. Right? You enter in a best query into into google now and you'll see that it will now generally start by defaulting to um sites with a rating and there's a little drop down so you can adjust this uh, with a rating of four stars or higher um and then uh, the appearance now of a of a little you know sort of drop down where you can go oh okay i meant four and a half stars or you know you can drop it down to three stars or or whatnot if you're like
1: well i didn't want it to be that good I know, I, I know.
2: I'm wondering about that. I'm like, who who drops this down to two stars and goes, ah, you know, sure, let's go for the worst tacos in Victoria, right? Or what? Yeah,
1: that's cool. I don't care. <laughs> um, that's on, Really, you know, what? It, it does
2: really make me feel sorry for, um, you know, to use restaurants as the example, like new um companies in there. And really, if you're in a in a large, you know, dense touristy city like Victoria, if you're not even a four and a half or higher, right, this is probably going to impact you because who would, would hit that and not go, well, you know what, I want I just put best. Why are you showing me four? Put me at the four and a half to five star rate. Um and there are kind you know sites here that are that are like that or, or restaurants here that are like that. So if you're in these dense tourist areas with a lot of restaurants like Victoria's, if you're under, if you're a four under, this is probably going to hurt
1: you. So you know, it's, if, if you're a four and under these days, especially in rating systems, you're off the map. Yeah, like, well, imagine it works. That's really just what what I think we're going to
2: see here as it, as it starts to filter down. I'm hoping that they don't deploy this too broadly. Um you know I mean and what I mean by that is don't start defaulting to just like four and a half or something if I'm just searching for, you know, restaurants in Victoria or whatever, right? Like don't weight the rating so heavily that I might not actually see options and go, Oh, okay, well there's a three and a half star, but it's like a block from my house, right? Like don't eliminate those, but we'll see how that all plays out. But that's a change to the SERPs that's uh, as of just a couple days ago. So going to be interesting to see what that does for traffic
1: that is interesting we will be have to take a break in a second but before we go i was going to say i'm what annoys me about this is i don't i don't entirely trust user-generated ratings they um i find that people lie or they overrate so you know that's not a very objective system everything is a four and a half (laughs) <laughs> you see, I mean, you see how Netflix has had to, had to actually remove the uh, star rating system because everybody was rating everything a four. Um, and now they have a thumbs up or thumbs down rating system. So it's either A or B, one or zero, on or off. Right. Um, User generated rating systems are hazardous to uh, to entrepreneurs' health, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, very true. Okay. We got to take a break here on Webcology. It's uh, time to play that game we like to play called Make Dave a Buck. Um, <laughs> that's David Mim, I'm afraid not not Dave Davies. No, so, on behalf bad. of Dave Davies and on behalf of Dave Mim, this is uh, Jim Hendrick from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beats Talking Internet Marketing. We're back on Webcology after these messages. We'll be back after this short break.
2: Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think
0: eBrands.
2: Free and unlimited SEO audit reports.
0: eBrands.
2: Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators.
0: eBrands.
2: Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators.
0: eBrands. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash founder Circle. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Ecology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim
1: Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 27th of April, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Talking Internet Marketing. And Dave, I'm going to tell you something you probably already knew. That? That's the problem do- that's the problem with doing the show with you. you you know all this most of this stuff already <laughs> but I don't know if you knew this or not did you know that Google employs an army of live Raiders people who okay did I you know the that? story you're going to I know the story you're going to and it's take it away okay because if you knew that to be true you would have actually been wrong. Google didn't employ these people at all. They did have an army of raters, of raters, R-A-T-E-R-S, not raiders, <laughs> but raters. This isn't Fallout or nothing. Um, I've been into Fallout 3 again recently. Oh, man. But I digress. Um, Google had a uh, group of people who had contracted to be quality control raters. These are people who worked for third-party companies. Um, Again, they would be contracted to Google for set amounts of time, a year, two years, um, ten years even. They were given task-based, they were paid by the task, and they were given time-based tasks. This task will take five minutes, this task will take ten minutes, this task will take three minutes. But they were given a volume of tasks that would allow them to compile a 40 hour work week. About 20 to 25% of Google quality uh, raters were able to carp together full time work, 40 hour weeks, just testing various parts of Google's system. So, so this part you either knew or you vaguely knew, correct? Right. I'm with you so far. Okay, something really bad just happened to these guys. Google has turned and told all of them that as of the beginning of next month, what was a 40-hour gig for many of them is now a a 26-hour-a-week gig for all of them. No uh, Raider can go above 26 hours per week. What this means is Google has effectively given a bunch of of its non-employees, its contractors, a severe haircut in salary and work time. That's kind of sad, eh? That is, and I don't quite
2: understand it. I mean, I I know these things can sort of make sense on the surface, but what you're now doing effectively in, in, in my mind anyway is going the peop, the only people that can do this are either people who don't really need a full time job or um, well people who won't well, have a full time job <laughs> like well, you're,
1: you're actually getting rid of a segment of people a lot of these people were people with disabilities or people with children um, people for whom having a full time regular job where you actually you know, have to leave your house and Go to an employer's uh, employer's work environment where well, that mm-hmm. was impossible for them. You know, people with right. young kids, or again, somebody with severe disabilities—they can't leave the house, but they're perfectly cognizant and perfectly capable of, like, you know, doing a. Uh, well, this is actually a fairly skilled job because um, there's a lot you need to know to be a quality a quality uh, control raider. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, a number of people. The number of people who try to take the test to become a raider fail. So you actually, you know, you got to be really good. And um, Google constantly tests its raters, so you have to keep your skills up, which you, you got to do off time, right? Mm-hmm. On your own time. So, I don't know. I mean, I understand. Uh, the reason Google did this is, uh, much, I don't know the exact reason. It's a liability reason of some sort or another. Their lawyers told them to. Um, I'm guessing it's because after a certain amount of time under law under California employment law, a contractor actually becomes an employee if they're working full time on the same project for X number of years. Right, you can't really call them a contractor anymore. They're actually your employee, no matter what you try to call them. They're still functioning as your employee. California, which has incredibly liberal employment laws, um, was likely mandating that. You know, Google would have to consider many of these people employees soon, and so Google said, "Well, screw that." They are now all part time. Right. So that's how that's how that goes. Yeah. Now here's the bad part. <laughs> the bad part. Here's the here's the part that 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 perked my ears up. A month ago, a uh, uh, a Google engineer, Paul Paul Harar, was talking with Danny Sullivan at Search Engine Land. Mm-hmm. He's saying the only, the only reason Google has been able to improve rankings as much as they have, as quickly as they have, is because of the Raider program. Because of live human feedback on on what they're doing. So remember how long remember how long it took like for the Penguin algorithm to come out? Yeah. Part of that time was most certainly was most certainly the Raiders saying, Hey, you've got to work on this, you've got to work on that. There's still a hole here. Um, so these, these, these people performed an essential function at Google. I think it's going to be really interesting to see if this system starts to break down. Well, I think that is going to be the interesting part, because when you could have
2: this as a full-time job, um, it also set up a, an environment where you could get a good mix of people. Right? like you could get an, an, an accurate mix or, or a more accurate mix of sort of the full gambit of, of people in society which is of course what you want in an environment like this um, If you've made it so that no it's now just a, a part-time job um, you' you're going to be losing a, a segment of, of the population um, and, and not getting as accurate a representation of, of what quality is a, across a, a large, larger demographic. So I think it's going to be a loss for them. And and to your point, I think it is going to be interesting to see if we see a a drop in quality and if they end up having to reverse on what they're doing.
1: Well, to to, to make things even, to throw a wrench into that even, um, (laughs) the human raiders, one of their primary things that they're doing right now is is teaching AI how and what to learn. And um, this comes at at a critical time when Google's AI is becoming quasi-sentient. Remember, you know, the, the the argument that the uh two different AI boxes had with each other? Yeah. I yep. mean that's 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 quasi-sentient. These 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 computers knew themselves enough to know that they were individual entities arguing with each other. Yeah. That that just hurts my brain. So I think we're at a kind of a critical time in like Google's evolution. Google Google's evolution with AI, um, and may, maybe the maybe the AI has taught itself to learn well enough that Google is able to make this break with its uh, with its uh, army, or I guess we're, they're now a militia of uh, human testers. Mm-hmm. Can't call them a full time army anymore because they're not. They're only they're 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 like the national guard now, a eh, part time. Um, <laughs> Okay, I apologize to every National Guard service personnel out there because what you all do is hardcore work, um, but you only, but, but but they only get paid part time hours, which probably ain't fair. Anyway, um, anyway yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that evolves over the future. If uh, anything else comes of that, or if Google's uh, search results starts to uh, start to to fall to fall down a bit yeah yeah another interesting story that sort of sort of fits in this vein uh, was uh one i read uh it's a very long one over that's published over at search engine watch and um it's all about uh it's actually a story I want to cover for 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 today project owl google's um Google's attempt to work out its problem with fake news and um Websites that are factually wrong. Hmm. Um. Okay. So we know that Google has, um, and and everyone on the internet has this problem. You don't. You cannot control what people put up on the web. People will put up all sorts of weird stuff. Over in the Wikipedia Project, they prove that most people want to you know want to help others. they want to build a better web, they want to put up uh, accurate information, all that sort of stuff, right? Right? Most people want to be good web citizens, right. But some people just don't give a damn or have found that, well, let's face it, um, as good a web as good a netizen as one might be, most of us are pretty damn gullible. <laughs> um, and so fake news works. Fake news rocks. Fake news makes money and gets lots of clicks and is often more interesting than the real news. Very much. Um, more absurd at any rate. So there's lots of it. It proliferates on the web. There's also stuff like Holocaust denier websites. This happened. There's no argument whether it happened or didn't happen. It happened. Yet there's a large group of people who or small I should say a small group of people who collectively seem quite large because they make so much freaking noise, who publish things that suggest the Holocaust didn't happen. Not Google's fault. And if you if you do a query, did the Holocaust happen question mark, you're likely to get a Holocaust denial site because they ask that question on the website in that exact linguistic order over and over and over again. Right. And so just the way Google functions as a machine with no human intervention, websites like that are going to come up for, you know, this kind of query, especially if there are links leading to, a lot of links leading to that website. Well, Google, how to say this? Google engineers realized that this was only... Four or five percent of all search results were coming up with these kind of um, deliberately or just ignorant bogus uh, bogus pages. Mm-hmm. So, from an engineering perspective, well, you know, ninety-five percent of the stuff we deal with isn't this stuff. So, it's probably a, it's a minor problem from an engineering perspective. <laughs> from a humanist perspective, it's a huge problem. <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. have like. Holocaust denial websites coming up and ranking higher than websites that show historic fact. Not when not in a post not in a post quote unquote post-truth world where we know propagandists just throw stuff out there for whatever reason because it gets them political power. Right. Google and Google doesn't want to be Facebook in this in in the next election. Or uh Google doesn't want to be party to passing on misinformation. But here's the problem. Google doesn't want to be censor either, right? So anyway, Google's engineers figured, well, this is only 5% of the uh, of all search queries. It's not really a problem. It's such a minor such a small amount of searches that we, we don't care. But you gotta care because you know, you're you know seriously offending large groups of people And possibly a crime in a lot of jurisdictions. Well, yeah, it wasn't so much
2: the volume of queries that was the problem.
1: It was the types of queries that were the problem. So who do you think raised enough of a stink with with, with Google engineers for them to actually start caring? Who? Their rating people. Their quality assurance rating people. The same ones they just lowered the hours on. And basically, took many from being full-time employees to part-time contract workers. Right. So Google might have might have other problems it isn't aware that it has, or that it downgrades, and it might just miss them entirely. Yeah. But it is taking action on "quote unquote" Project Owl, and Project Owl is a three-prong effort to deal with uh, these kinds of websites. Uh, One thing they're doing, a new feedback form for search suggestions, plus formal policies about why suggestions might be removed. Mm -hmm. A new feedback form for featured snippet answers. And uh, a new emphasis on authority content. So, if you're writing about something that happened in history, use citable information, and for goodness sake, use footnotes and cite this information. Be authoritative, you know? Um, give people, give people, um, an idea of where you got your information from. Mm-hmm. That, that's my number one suggestion right now for content writers: use footnotes in the bottom of your page. Good advice. Um, if I mean, I, I think they're serious about this, and I think I think Google and 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 all search systems have a problem that they want to fix. Um, it's going to be most interesting how this all works out, right? Eh? Yeah,
2: it's going to be very interesting. And then, of course, you'll get the gamers coming in afterwards. Some might call them the Google Raiders coming in after and and finding new ways to, of course, deal with it. And it is going to get more difficult, interestingly. Well, not interestingly, but here we are uh, in a personal assistant world where there becomes one answer, right? Like when that answer is offensive or wrong. You may be hearing Google tell it to you, um, and that's not going to necessarily work out well for them for the voice of their brand.
1: Uh, no, but I think I think again I think they're aware of it now, but their their best legion of watchers have been reduced. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know how I'd be if like if my journey's been so long since they've actually had an employer. <laughs> and Ross would never have done something like that. So like I don't know if I've actually had a real real boss in my life, come to think of it. But you know what I would do if one of those did something like that to me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd do. <laughs> Not that I know because like I've never actually had that experience. Weird.
2: Yeah, that is odd. Um have
1: you ever had a real uh, boss? Uh would you, call, would you call Renee a real boss?
2: No, too pleasant. <laughs>
1: um,
2: yeah, no. I, I guess I, you know what? I, 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 guess I, I guess I would. You, you knew where you stood, and you knew what the hierarchy was. So, from that context, just because there's a boss doesn't mean it needs to be a jerk. And as soon as I come to that, one, it's like, yeah, we're not talking about the pointy-haired guy on Dilbert. <laughs> like, but there was a hierarchy, and you
1: knew what it was. Um, Derek, on the other hand. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <Okay>. Um <laughs> the point is if somebody did that to me I'd probably I'd probably not be as diligent for them. Yes. Um, so we'll see what happens. Okay, jumping stories again because believe it or not we got 10 minutes left. I'm not sure if we're taking another break or not. Um we got 10 minutes left before before uh the news comes on. So the uh IAB um, International Adverta- or Internet Advertising Bureau, yep. has issued a statement. Its statement on the uh, ad spend in 2016, and I got to tell you, this is impressive. Forty-eight um, percent of total digital spend was in paid search, which is, I think, up like five or six percent from last year.
2: Yeah, and it's all Google and Facebook, really. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I'm sorry, my mistake. Up ten percent. Over last year. Yeah. Um,
2: and did you see the the, the device changes um, that they were talking about there? For listeners who don't know, for the first time ever, it seems that this is the year for it, uh, or that 2016 was the year for it, for the first time ever, mobile ad spend has surpassed um, non mobile ad spend, um, it jumped between 2015 and 2016 by 72.5%, the spend on mobile, um, putting it at 36.6% of overall spend, um, with desktop coming in at 35.9%. So it's it's got a bit of a gap over uh, over non-mobile, and it's that really tells you more about what's coming, doesn't it? I, I can only imagine, once again, Cindy Crumb's like, I told you, I told you all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but a cool thing for you know for people out there in the search world going on I'm starting to panic a little bit, in uh the year 2016 over the year 2015, more money is being spent in the mobile environment on search than on any other form of advertising. And that amount of money increased like to 47% of the of the entire volume that's spent from 44% last year. So search is winning in the mobile space when it comes to determining where ad spend will go. And of that, uh, just, just under half is, uh, is paid search. And I guess the other half would be, would be, uh, uh organic.
2: Well, indeed. And something to remember, I, I think for ourbecause cause we're, we're talking about percentages here, something to remember if you're in the, if you're an organic SEO or, or in the organic spaces, this doesn't necessarily mean you're losing. And, and, you remember, like it used to be more relevant, and we used to talk about it a lot more. But when the market share reports would come out, all the different engines, and you go, oh, "Okay, Google's down, you know, point three percent or whatever," but when you actually looked at the number of queries done, it was still higher. What we're talking about here is the percentage is is more going to you know, there's been a, a bit of a percentage loss maybe on the organic side and, and a shift to paid, but the overall spend is higher, so it's not necessarily that organic is losing budget. It's just that paid is gaining more <laughs> than um, yeah. than organic is. So it's, it's we have to make sure remember that you're not about to lose your job if you're an organic SEO. It's just that if you're just getting in now, yeah, I might be
1: eyeballing paid. <laughs> Although, Dave, I mean, we're 48% paid, 52% organic. I yeah. think, you know, pretty soon, um, any games that uh, pay, paid makes on organic, are going to be legitimate freaking games all the way. Yeah. There's uh, No way to spin that backwards for the organic people. Um, once once they pass <laughs> the fifty percent mark, um, no way spinning that backwards. Right. Yeah. You're chiseling out. You, one has to lose now. Yep. Okay. We got. Uh, we probably got time for two more. Here's a fun one. So if you're in uh, Southern California and a Fiat Chrysler uh, pulls up beside you with a big apparatus on on top of it and and no creepy looking clowns inside, really important note as long as there's no creepy looking clowns inside get in the car why? because um, Google and, uh, and, and and Uber are really interested in showing off their self driving cars and uh, unless you know, actually, you actually purchase one, um, you know, I don't know if you're to really get a chance to, to 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 have a take a self-driving car in the uh, in the near future. Um, but if you want to take one, in the, t- be in a self-driving car in the next couple of years, Southern California, um, they're actually giving these giving these rides away. Kind of cool. It's
2: exciting, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. exciting. I know uh, Google's also launching one or, or setting out some test ones in Phoenix as well. And your friend of mine, um, Kevin, was mentioning that he's going there, Kevin Dury. So I was like, okay, if you've got friends who were there, though, get them to sign up
1: for this program and
2: take one of the rides in these cars
1: because uh, yes. I,
2: I know I'm very curious about
1: it. Okay, we got to take a break here on WebCology. Um, this is this is actually to 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 make the spot on the podcast. Um, so I'm. Friends, on behalf of Dave Davies From Beanstalk Internet Marketing This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media We'll be back on Webcology After these messages Sit tight and don't move Webcology will be back after this short break Is your website hacked? Is your website
2: displaying error messages Or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit Fjordigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's
1: F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com.
0: Jamming and spamming. Cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session. Only on Cranberry Radio, Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem
1: on the Internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. We're back for a couple of seconds before we're going to have to jump to the news. Um, we've got time for one more story. And uh, I don't know. I picked this one mostly because of my love of Dr. Strangelove. Um, so, and also because it's weird. Um, it's a weird story. So, okay. Google has split itself into um, the search and non search parts of the company. So, the non search part of the company is the uh, holding company Alphabet. One of Alphabet's uh, like sciences divisions, uh, verily, is uh, trying to get a massive multi-year health study, the largest health study in human history, together um, with uh, Duke, with Duke University School of Medicine, uh, Stanford, and uh, Google itself. It's hoping to get one or ten thousand Americans to volunteer to share their medical records and have blood and um, the uh, loosely phrased other bodily fluids extracted <laughs> and, and linked to a Google account in order for the company and its partners to try to, quote-unquote, spur the next generation of medical discoveries. So, uh, I don't know if this involves milking machines or anything of the sort, uh, but, uh, okay, okay, what I do know is it's going to, the precious bodily fluids include blood, saliva, oh, goodness. and other precious bodily fluids. <laughs> um, so, there's more. I mean, some volunteers will also be asked to visit the study and, uh, or to visit the, the, the study site and to hang out for one or two hours to, um, say, so don't run tests on you, your um, your 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 physicality and your precious bodily fluids. <laughs> um, I find this insanely creepy, dude. I mean, like, um, one of one of Google's companies, um, twenty three andme Me, already has the DNA on on X number of Americans. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if twenty three and Me is actually a Google company, but I know there's a lot of Google investment in twenty three andme Yeah. Um. I just just don't know what to say.
2: Yeah, it it is a little bit creepy. I understand, and I think everybody can, that, hey, the information you can get from this would be highly valuable um, to have. I mean, they've got, as as part of this, you're wearing a watch that's keeping track of of a variety of your signals. Um, There's a sensor under your mattress to keep track of your sleeping patterns. And it's to measure things like stress under certain environments. And uh, and these precious bodily fluid extracted from your body. And your stress level will go up. I get it. I get how this could be useful. There is no way I would volunteer for it. And, and, I mean, this is in-depth for for our listeners. You're committing to also, on top of having to go in for like an hour or two, you're committing to going in for one to two days every year for intense testing. So it's it's a little creepy.
1: This is going to go on for a while. It's going to be uh, very comprehensive, and we're getting played out. Okay, (laughs) friends, um, this is the still-complete Jim Hedger from... uh, Digital Always Media and the full of precious bodily fluids Dave Davies from (laughs) Internet Marketing. You've been listening to Webcology on uh, cranberry.fm on the 27th of April 2017. Stick around the network, friends. We've got some great content coming up after the news. We'll talk to you next week.